This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. $228,000 is a lot of money, but with enough planning, determination, and partnership from your spouse, you're going to get there. dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we'll answer one question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. Second, I'm going to share 10 money mistakes, major money mistakes that I've made so you can avoid them. And last but not least, we're highlighting a money master of the week. We haven't done this in a little while, but I got a voicemail from Liliana, and she had a big win, and I just had to share with you guys on the show and give her a shout out. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our question of the month comes in from Mike, who connected with me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Andy Hill MKM, or you could go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Facebook. Either way, you can connect with me there. Here we go. Andy, I saw the Business Insider article about you paying off your mortgage early, but I was unable to read it because I'm not a subscriber. Could you share the spreadsheet they feature? We're in a similar circumstance as you with $228,000 left on our mortgage. Our plan is to pay it off in six years. We're looking for advice and shortcuts. Thanks, Mike. Mike, thank you so much for touching base with me on Facebook. And that is awesome to hear that you want to pay off your mortgage early. And just generally experience that freedom that comes from no debt. I was kind of bummed too, Mike, when I saw the Business Insider article come out and it required people to pay to read it. I did not know that that was going to happen. That was not something I was aware of. Either way, it was cool to be featured and and uh, share a little bit of details about how we do things in our marriage and some victories we've had, but kind of a bummer that uh, people had to pay to read it. Anyway, in the article for this show marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 176. I will place the budget that was featured in the article. So I'll put it right in the center as the article continues. But again, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 176. You can grab it there. And that way you can get a look at what our expenses were and how we allocated our $8,000 of take-home pay, where we used all those dollars, how we broke it down, and how we eventually were able to pay off our mortgage. So on to your other question, you're looking for steps, you're looking for shortcuts, you're looking for advice on how to pay off your $228,000 mortgage in six years. So let's do this, man. I'll share with you 10 steps to pay off your mortgage early right now. All right, here we go. Number one, make a goal. 
Now, this is something that you have already done, Mike, so way to go. (laughs) And for those that haven't, as we're following along with Mike and his journey here, take some time to create that goal. Let's make it a SMART goal. I talked about this last week on the show. A SMART goal, so specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. So let's go through Mike's goal here. So Mike's goal is specific. He's not saying, my goal is to be more financially fit. No, no, no. He is saying... I want to be mortgage-free. That's very specific. He wants to get rid of the mortgage. And his goal is also measurable. He has $228,000 left on his mortgage, and it's easily measured by that number, decreasing from $228,000 to zero over time. So very measurable. Achievable. Now, he's going to have to answer that one. I'm not sure if it's achievable for him. Does he have enough money? Does he have enough time? Does he have enough willpower to make this happen in six years? And that's only something you, Mike, you can answer. And on the next step, we're going to help him determine that. We'll get there soon. Relevant. Does this pair up with Mike's overall financial goals? Is it, does it make more sense for him to invest his money in the stock market as opposed to paying off his mortgage? What's this going to do for him in his life? Is it just a fun goal or is this really important for him? These are good questions to ask before you move forward on any big goal. And then the last one, time-based. Mike has definitely determined that six years time, six years time is a good time frame for his mortgage-free date. So he's got all those. He's got a smart goal set and he's going to answer himself if achievable and relevant fits for him as well. So, Now that we've got the SMART goal set, let's move on to step two. Number two, use a mortgage payoff calculator. Take some time to play around with a mortgage payoff calculator. These things are so much fun. I actually had one developed for my site. And again, you can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 176. By using a calculator like the one I've got on my site, you can insert your original loan amount, your loan term, which is a 15-year or 30-year or whatever term you got, your interest rate, and then the additional principal payments you think that you'll be able to insert each month. So let's say for Mike, let's do a little example for Mike. Let's say your original mortgage was $250,000, just for round numbers. And you have a 15-year mortgage and your interest rate is 3.5%. So I'm going to put that into the calculator here. And let's say you have the ability to pay an extra $1,000 on average each month. So that is going to reduce your 15-year mortgage to around a nine-year mortgage. And you will save around $31,000 in interest. That is awesome. So have some fun with this calculator, everybody. Go to the site, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 176. Play around with the calculator and see what works for you, right? Now, those numbers may not match your situation specifically, Mike, but I was just doing it as an example. But see what you could do. Use the calculator and see what you can do to get close to that six-year goal. And if it seems a bit crazy as you're putting into those numbers, like, oh, actually, I got to put 2500 you know, each month or... whatever it is, if that just seems like a bit too aggressive for you, maybe look at just extending that goal to seven years, eight years, nine years, whatever it is. Or if six years might not seem aggressive enough and you got the money to make it happen, try and pay it off sooner. That's the whole point of the calculator. Play around with it and see what's realistic. 
All right, number three, reduce expenses. Let's say you've played around with the calculator and it doesn't seem like six years is going to be feasible, but you still want to make it happen. You still want to do it. Well, the first thing you could do is look into reducing your expenses. So you've got some available cash to throw at your mortgage principal. So here are five areas to consider when it comes to reducing your expenses. The first one, number one, negotiate your recurring bills. These can be like your cable bill, your cell phone bill, or insurance bills like your homeowners and auto. Sometimes we just need to make phone calls to these companies to say, hey, what can you do to reduce my bill? I'm paying too much. I need to save some money. Or, hey, I've checked out your competitors. Here's what they're offering. What can you do to match it? Sometimes phone calls like that can save you more than $1,000 a year. No joke. Number two, look into MVNO cell phone plans. These are essentially prepaid cell phone plans that can give you the same coverage, the same service, but just for less money. I just did this with Verizon and we're saving like 30 bucks a month. It's crazy. So look into MVNO cell phone plans. Number three, shop at lower cost grocery stores. We made the switch from Kroger to Aldi. And I think I've told you guys about this quite a bit, but we ended up saving about 300 bucks a month. And that $3,600 helped us to hit a lot of our financial goals that year. So check that out. Number four, eating out of the house less. That could really help you save quite a bit of money. Dinners, drinks, lunches, going out for lunch. What can you do to eat more at home? And you might just become a little more healthy because of it too. (laughs) And then number five, look at high deductible insurance options. So if you've got a good amount of money saved, and you can take on the higher deductible, more of the risk, right? You could get some lower premium payments today for your homeowner's insurance, your health insurance. And if you do the health insurance, the high deductible health insurance option, you'd be able to invest in an HSA too. So lots of perks there. So look at reducing your overall expenses. Number four, increase your income. All right, so let's say you've reduced your expenses as low as you can go or as low as it feels good or maybe your spouse is like, dude, come on, let's <laughs> let's slow things down a little bit here. Let's still have some fun. But you still want to hit that goal of the six years, right? Well, try to look at what you can do to increase your income. Now, this is going to require more time, more dedication and teamwork with your partner. So consider these five ways to increase your income to pay your mortgage off early. Number one, ask for a raise. If you've been working hard at your job, exceeding expectations, try to start a conversation with your employer about increasing your salary or your hourly rate, however you're paid, right? And if it's not possible today, get them to help you outline some steps to help you get there in the near future. Number two, have your spouse ask for a raise. (laughs) If you're married, Mike, it sounds like you're married. I actually did a little Facebook stalking. It looks like you're married. (laughs) Your partner may or may not be working as well, so maybe they could get a raise. Consider what a raise could do for your partner's income and then what that would do for your family. Number three, work overtime. If you have the ability to put in extra hours at your job consider doing that just for a season. You don't need to do that for the rest of your life, but during this mortgage payoff process or for a year or two, 
overtime may just help you become mortgage-free by your goal date. Number four, get a side hustle. Finding a side gig is a great way to get extra cash. And if you're able to make money through a hobby or a passion of yours, like like I have been over the past couple of years, this podcast, that's even better. So find something you're passionate about or a hobby that you have and see what you can do to make a little money from it. Then number five, sell things around your house. This one is simple. A lot of us have things laying around our house and they've got value to them. So sell those things on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and all that money, just throw that towards the mortgage and crush it. And then, you know, the person buying the stuff from you, you're going to make them happy too because they're getting it at a discount. So everybody wins. (laughs) All right, that's the increased income side of things. Let's go on to number five live on a budget. When we craft and live on a budget, we're telling ourselves that we are in control of the money, of our money. And we're telling our money what to do. With a goal of paying off your mortgage early, Mike, this budget's going to be crucial. And there are dozens of online budget tools that make this process super, super easy. Nicole and I have used Mint for almost a decade, and it's helped us to do some incredibly awesome things for our family. Zeta is also a newer app. It's for couples, and it's an excellent option that's helping couples to have that conversation and hit their goals. And if you don't want to use an online tool that is totally cool, I totally get it. You can craft a budget using just a spreadsheet. And just set your typical income at the top and then start lining up your expenses below there to see what you've got left. Your goal is to have all of your dollars accounted for in the month. This way, you're making your money work hard for you. Number six, set recurring extra mortgage principal payments. To keep yourself on pace for your mortgage payoff goal, Mike, set up a recurring payment towards your mortgage principal. You can do this directly with your mortgage company through their website. Be sure to specify that this money is for additional principal payments and not for interest. Sometimes the mortgage companies make the mistake of applying it to the next month's interest payment instead of your principal, which is extremely convenient for them and not so much for you. If you prefer to write checks or send in your payments, you know, through the mail, make sure to specify on the memo line of the check or just with a note that this money should go towards the principal balance only. Surprisingly, you have to specify. Number seven, use newfound money to make big payments. There's going to be times throughout the year when you might get some newfound money and you're going to have to make a decision on what to do with it. This can be from a tax return, a bonus, a sales commission, an inheritance, maybe a family gift. And it's important to have a clear plan about what you want to do with this money when it arrives so it doesn't magically disappear. (laughs) Decide with your partner, your spouse, how you want to use this newfound money before it arrives. During your mortgage payoff period, you might decide 100% of your newfound money can go towards the mortgage principal. Or you can decide that 75% goes towards the mortgage principal and 25% goes towards savings or family vacations. Or you can do 70% towards the mortgage principal, 20% for fun, and then 10% for charitable giving. Find the percentage that works for you, Mike. 
and find the percentage that works well for your spouse. And then plan ahead because this extra money can make a huge impact on your mortgage payoff process. Number eight, meet each month to review your progress. If you're working with your spouse on this goal, make sure you're meeting up at least once per month to stay on top of your budget and review your progress. Having someone to hold you accountable is so important. If you're both on the same page with the goal, it can be a lot more fun and enjoyable. When you hit a special milestone, make sure to celebrate that as well. For example, if your mortgage is at $228,000 right now, set up a memorable celebration when you hit that 200,000 mark. Maybe there's an ice cream place you like to go to, or maybe this night calls for investing in a babysitter for a night out, right? You've worked hard, so you need to celebrate. Number nine, include the kids in the fun. Now, Mike, I'm not sure if you've got kids, but if you do, include them in the fun as well. When I interviewed the McCoy family, they've got two young kids. They paid off $250,000 of debt. They used coloring sheets that track their mortgage payoff process. This helped them to include the kids. And every time they would make a certain amount of payment onto the mortgage principal, the kids would color in a little brick on this house, on this coloring sheet. And eventually, the kids were able to color in the entire house, and they were mortgage-free. The kids had so much fun, and the parents did too, because they saw their kids watching them. And this experience is something that these kids, these McCoy kids, are never going to forget. And you know, when they get older, they're going to be shooting to be mortgage-free, just like their parents. Number 10, celebrate and plan your new life. When you finally get to that big day, when you're mortgage-free, make sure you celebrate. You've just done something incredible that not a lot of people do. Here are some cool celebratory ideas to think about. Go on a family vacation. Check out Disney World or go to the beach. Go to the beach for somebody who lives in Michigan. It's just cold right now doing this podcast. (laughs) You could host a nice dinner celebration with your family and invite the people that supported you along the way. You could have a mortgage burning party with your closest friends. You take that mortgage, you throw it on the fire, roast some marshmallows, have a couple drinks with your friends, and celebrate. Or you could develop a pinata out of the mortgage and let your kids destroy it. That's something that Nicole and I did. That was fun. And then you could also enjoy a nice dinner out with your spouse and just toast a nice glass of champagne to you and your future. This moment is important and it needs to be commemorated. Afterward, take some time to keep dreaming with your spouse about what's next in your life. What will you do with the extra money in your life? This is going to be potentially thousands of extra dollars per month. What could this money do? How could this change your life? These are the questions that help us to start living out our dreams. Without a mortgage, your options start to open up. Your eyes start to see a little wider. And the future doesn't seem so far away. Being mortgage-free is a great place to be, Mike. I hope these 10 steps help you crush your mortgage this year, Mike. $228,000 is a lot of money, but with enough planning, determination, and partnership from your spouse, you're going to get there. If you have a question like Mike, please connect with me on social media at Andy Hill MKM. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with that handle. That's how Mike connected with me on Facebook. 
Or you can leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. Lately, I've realized I've been sharing a lot of really great things that are going on in my life, in my family's life. Paying off our mortgage, net worth wins, transitioning to my small business full time. While you know it's a lot of fun to share this stuff and it can be motivating for those of you who are listening to the podcast or or reading my blog, I think it's also important to share some of my money mistakes as well. That's what the financial journey is all about. We're not always hitting big wins all the time. There are a lot of mistakes, but those mistakes can sometimes be the biggest lessons and help us learn a lot. And then there's mistakes that really just suck (laughs) and you didn't learn anything from them. (laughs) Either way, I'm going to share with you today five major money mistakes that I've made in my life. And hopefully by sharing these money mistakes, it'll help you avoid them in the future. Number one buying an expensive home that I couldn't afford. 
In 2004, I bought my first home. I was so proud to be a homeowner at 22 years old. I had saved up enough for 10% down. That was a big deal. $20,000 on a, on a $200,000 home. Very cool. I felt really good about that. But little did I know the true cost of homeownership. And man, did I learn quickly. When I bought the home, I had a very, very high, high mortgage payment for a guy only making $38,000 per year. My mortgage payment was around 1200 bucks. So when I decided that I wanted to switch careers at 23 years old, because that's what you do when you're young, you have no idea what you want to do. <laughs> and with that switch, I took a $10,000 pay cut. I didn't quite think clearly about my mortgage payment at that time. This was a really uneducated money decision, and it left me with a mortgage payment of around 50% of my monthly income. And then you add in all the housing costs, like the utility bills and maintenance repairs, all the typical stuff of just owning a home. And that took up about 70% of my income. So when all was said and done, I had about 30% of my tiny little income to eat food, to watch Netflix. And that was when they were sending the DVDs in the mail back then, Netflix. And then maybe get some beers with my buddies at the end of the day. So pretty tight, pretty tight. Number two... Leasing a luxury car when I'm already in debt. A few years and a, a few new career choices later, I landed myself at a new company making around 40,000 bucks. So kind of got back to where I was, maybe a little bit higher. <laughs> and with my newfound wealth and then a couple of extra roommates that were helping me to pay my mortgage, I decided it would be smart to lease a luxury car. Now, I had no business leasing a luxury car. I was in student debt, borrowing to go get my MBA, and now in debt with my home equity line of credit. This was a, my HELOC. I was borrowing from the equity of my home to, I guess, keep up my lifestyle. <laughs> and my income, it was not sufficient enough to afford it. Instead of leasing a luxury car, I could have... Started investing for my retirement. I wasn't doing that. I could have reduced my debt. I could have put some money in savings so I would stop using my HELOC as an emergency fund. But no, I didn't do that. I decided I needed a luxury car in my mid-20s because it made me look cool. <laughs> and that decision, while it was pretty fun to have a nice car, it set me back as I headed towards some Bigger moments in my life. Number three, using my student loans to buy my wife's engagement ring. Ooh, that hurts just coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, soon enough, I met the woman of my dreams, my wife, Nicole. And I wanted her to be my wife right away. But I had no money, no savings, no savings for that ring. And you know why I had no money for the ring? Well, from the stuff I talked about already. I bought a house I couldn't afford. I decided to go back to school to get my MBA. I was taking out student loans. And I was driving around a luxury car. So did I decide to save up for the ring? Or maybe buy a less expensive ring? Nah. 
I decided to drop $5,000 and use my student loans to pay for it. (laughs) Not only was I racking up tens of thousands of dollars in student loans for my MBA, but I added another $5,000 of student loans to buy Nicole's ring. What a way to start the marriage, huh? Number four, refinancing my mortgage and then moving shortly after. After we got married, the value of my home started to plummet during the Great Recession. In 2010, I owned a home valued at $140,000, but I owed $180,000 on it. So I was underwater, as they used to say, as they probably still say. It was horrible. A couple years later, by around 2012, the value had risen enough to a point where I owed less on it than it was worth, which was great. I felt a lot better at that point. But the money mistake guy was back for more mistake making. (laughs) I decided it was smart to refinance my mortgage so I could lock in a rate at 5%. I think I had a rate of 5.25% with the arm, but... It was an adjustable rate mortgage, so at the time, my rate had dropped to 2.71%, super low. Evidently, the LIBOR rate continued to go down over and over again, and that helped my adjustable rate mortgage to adjust down. But I didn't really understand any of that. I was afraid that the adjustable rate mortgage might adjust really high someday, and I didn't like that, so I refinanced. And with that decision, we ended up losing around $13,000 through lost interest payments and refinancing fees. So it was a pretty dumb move. Also, to make matters worse, as I alluded to at the beginning, we decided to sell the home just a year later. So it made no sense for us to refinance our mortgage when we were planning to move because we did not recoup any of that money. In fact, we lost about $13,000. It was a big waste of money. All right, the last one here, number five. Let's continue embarrassing Andy. Number five, having blind faith in my financial advisor. Around this time, I connected with an investment broker who was going to help us with our investments and our retirement plan. At this point, we were both making some pretty good money. This was around 2011, 2012. And we were married, we were combined, we were having some good time making six figures. And we needed someone to help us invest our money. And my blind faith in this individual was a big mistake. At one point, we had saved around $100,000. And we asked him, we said, where should we put this money if we're considering buying a home in the next couple of years? He suggested that we put it into some bond funds because they were a very safe investment. Now, I didn't really understand that there was going to be a front load fee that dropped our investment balance immediately. That's essentially a fee that they do right up front in order to buy your funds or make that investment on your behalf. And additionally, the bond funds that he put us in started to drop in value. So our $100,000 savings had dropped to around $95,000 in just a few months. It It was really bad. And what made it worse is that Nicole never felt good about this guy. (laughs) She always had a, Andy, I don't trust this guy. Or Andy, I don't feel good around this guy. But I pressed on and I thought it was a good idea. 
And I, I should have known. I should have known not to put my money in the stock market or bond market if we wanted it back in less than five years. That's just not something that you do. But I didn't know that. I hoped my advisor would advise me against such things. But it feels like the front load was much more important. It was a painful and pricey lesson learned. <sighs> All right. Well, I just shared five very major money mistakey things that I did. And I just feels like I just went through a financial therapy session. (laughs) But all in all, even though this is upsetting to relive and reshare, I learned so much from all these experiences and these lessons have truly shaped the way I approach money now. And one thing I definitely learned is to listen to Nicole. (laughs) She's a smart woman. Outside of listening to my wife, I know to keep things simple and to have patience and realize that good things come with time and education. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. We haven't done one of these in a while, maybe about a year, but I was so inspired by this voicemail I received from Liliana that I just had to share it. So here goes. Hello, Andy. My name is Liliana, and I wanted to share with you a recent big victory for my fiance and I. We've been together for four years. We're getting married in May. Woot, woot. But um, we had accrued some medical bills over this past year because we had some stuff going on and uh, uh, had to get them taken care of. And um, it might not be a big feat compared to some of the um, payoffs that you've seen before, but we paid off a $3,000 medical bill over this span of a little under a year, which is a pretty big thing for us because we haven't had to pay a bill that big yet. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that your podcast is doing great things. It has great tools and I love listening to conversations and uh, thank you so much for everything you do. Bye. What a great victory for you and your fiance, Liliana. That is so cool. I am so honored that you shared this with me and the Marriage Kids Money audience. Now, in addition to this voicemail, Liliana shared with me that she recently got married to this fiance. So these two have started out their relationship, crushing debt together, hitting goals. And now she says they're building up their savings to prepare for any rainy days that might come their way in the future. Very cool. Congrats on this big victory, Leliana, and thank you so much for sharing with us. If you have a recent win, I would love to hear from you so we can give you a shout out on the show like we did today. Leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail or connect with me on social at Andy Hill MKM. Your win just might motivate someone else to win as well. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing for me to support this show. Please leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people to find this show. I would really appreciate it. To encourage you to leave a review on the show, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received three reviews since last month's giveaway book offer. As a reminder, this quarter we are going to be giving away three different book options from past podcast guests. The first one is The Family Board Meeting by Jim Shields. 
The second one is Choose F.I. by Chris Mamula. And then the last one, number three, Do It Scared by Ruth Sukup. And to help me pick a winner this week, I've got my assistant, Zoe Hill, here with me once again. How's it going, Miss Zoe? Great. So I wanted to catch up with you a little bit. So what's going on? You excited for your birthday this year? Oh, yes. Yeah? What are we going to be doing? Going to Defy Detroit. Yeah? Can you tell people what Defy Detroit is? It's like a fun park, but it's indoors, and there's lots of cool, like, rides, and you get to do, like, a zip line. I think there is like a bungee jump. Yeah. There's a bungee jump. That's cool. Yeah, it's like um, one of those obstacle course kind of places. And then you're going to invite your girlfriends to come? Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So, and then later this month, did you know we're going to Disneyland? Yeah, I'm really excited. You're excited about that? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part? Because we went to Disney World a couple of years ago. What was your favorite part at Disney World? I think it was the roller coaster. Yeah. Which one? Do you remember which one it was? Even though I don't like roller coaster, that, that was my favorite ride. Do you remember the one with the dwarfs? Remember what that was called? Yeah. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride. The Mine Ride. Yeah. That one was awesome. I really liked that. Well, maybe we'll find a new favorite ride when we go to California at the end of the month. So that'll be fun. All right. You ready to do this review? Oh, yes. Awesome. Okay. So we got three reviews. So let's do the thing with our electronic friend. Hey, Alexa, pick a number between one and three. Your random number between one and three is three. Excellent. Our third review comes in from Josh from the Mitten, and Zoe's going to read it for us. I really enjoy listening. This podcast has motivated me to be debt-free. Awesome. Thank you so much for reading that, Zoe. And thank you, Josh, for reaching out and leaving that nice review. Josh, I don't have your email, unfortunately. So if you wouldn't mind contacting me and letting me know what it is, that would be great. You can contact me at Andy Hill MKM on social or just send me an email, Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. And if you want to hear Zoe read your review on the show, mm-hmm. make sure to leave us a review and then take a picture of that review, email it to me, and that way we can read it on the show. And we'll do the same thing next month. So thank you so much, Zoe, for being here. I really appreciate it, sweetheart. Thank you. I love it. Awesome, baby. So we went through one full month of two shows per week. So I wanted to get your feedback. What did you guys think? We did Monday and Wednesday in January, and I'm going to keep going like that in February. I just wanted to see what you thought, though. So shoot me a note. I would love to hear from you. And I appreciate those that gave me some feedback and encouraged me to go for the two episodes. I really appreciate it. So shoot me a note on social or just, yeah, just reach out to me. That'd be great. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from George Bernard Shaw. A life spent making mistakes is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. Here's to making mistakes, learning from them, and growing. Carpe diem! 